Speed. Chaos. NASCAR. You're listening to NASCAR at Night, only on The Alternative Edge. And now, it's time to start your engines. Here's Joshua Tiggis and Evan Brinks. Coming off a little hiatus, NASCAR at night. We're happy to be back, glad to be back in the recording studio here. I'm Josh Matigas, joined by Evan Brinks. We have a lot to catch up on. Yes, yes we do. We've missed two weeks of it now. Two weeks, and they were a newsworthy two weeks, to say the least. Uh, first off, let's take a look back at Las Vegas. Uh, that was, we gave a little preview before we went off on spring break, had some rest. Uh, but it was a very interesting race in that there really wasn't any caution stage breaks were like the only cautions in that race you're right i think there was only one caution when speaking of cautions i or of that i do want to mention fox's new graphic with of the race oh yes like the progress bar yes i like that a lot i I do too it's it's a nice representation of um how far we are in the race yeah i i think they added it fully this weekend at phoenix on the tower but i just wanted to mention that quick yeah yeah. Do you want me to give you a top ten? Uh? Yeah. Let's let's take a look at that top ten really quick. It's interesting how we got that though. I don't know if that really tells the whole um, story of the race, but let's get a rundown no. of the top ten. You'll notice a kind of absence of of forwards in this top ten. Yeah. Tenth is Daniel Suarez. Ninth is Kevin okay. Harvick. Eighth mm-hmm. is Justin Haley. A little surprising there. Wow. I didn't I didn't even realize no, that. No. I I believe there were ten different manu- uh, teams in the top fifteen. Wow. Seventh is Martin Truex Jr. Sixth is your highest forward in Austin Sindrick. Fifth is Christopher Bell. Fourth is Bubba Wallace. Third is Alex Bowman. Second is Kyle Larson. And William Byron wrapped up the top one, two, three Hendrick finish. Yeah, it. I mean, impressive Hendrick showing you said it there. But you did mention a lack of forwards up there. What, there were two forwards in the top ten um, with Kevin Harvick yes. and then Austin Sindrick. Um, Joey Logano went out won the pole. Well, I think maybe Ryan Blaney was sitting beside him on the front row or something like that. Yeah. The Fords had speed, but they only had speed during qualifying. And it looks like as soon as they got into dirty air and traffic, they were not good. Yes, they did not have those cars prepared for the race trim, um, which is kind of unique because typically Penske were kind of known for qualify mid-pack and race their way up through there and towards the end of the race they're up in the top five, uh, but a complete opposite approach to Las Vegas. Well, the only the only top the only Penske in the top ten was Austin Sindrick. He just yeah. fin- he finished sixth. He was the highest forward, but still. Yeah, which isn't the one we would expect no, to see up there. You'd expect him to be in the twenties, while Logano and Blaney are top ten. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I was kind of shocked by that, especially with like Joey Logano. He dropped like a rock at the beginning of the race. Um, but maybe playing a factor into that was the wind with the weather uh, because we had big wing gusts and stuff making these cars a little on edge to drive. Yeah, and Logano ended up being our only DNF of the race. Yeah, that's because he went through that uh, spin through the grass there and he got all four wheels off the ground. <laughs> yeah. um, there that in was the a infield. cool shot. It was a really cool shot. It was a nice, a nice little hop there in the infield grass. Yes, it um, was. But thinking back on that race in general, you know, we mentioned that this top 10 doesn't really tell the whole race of the story, um, especially because Kyle Larson had this race in the bag yes, he did. Um, until that last caution came out. 
yeah, there he was running away with it for a while. Similarly to I'll allude to this weekend's race. Somebody was running away with it and Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really the tale of two drivers at Las Vegas and arguably even at Phoenix this yes. past weekend. We had Kyle Larson and we had William Byron. Yes. At the beginning of the race, William Byron was dominant, led a lot of laps and everything, but then Kyle Larson, his pit crew gave him that uh, track position and that that's proved to be key these past two weeks especially if you're on the front row track position and getting that lead is essential because you're able to run away with it exactly what both of them did when they had that clean air what Kyle Larson was do leading up to the end of the race mm-hmm. um, but then out of nowhere uh, Eric Almarola I believe went out into the outside wall I believe in turn three or coming into turn four or something like that uh he got sideways there was smoke and stuff uh, and the caution was thrown right away for that now some people have said that the caution or they've argued that that caution was thrown prematurely what are your thoughts on that I'd say it probably was a little bit they most likely could have let him off without needing a caution but it's what they called yeah well I think uh I was listening to the podcast from Dirty Mo uh, Dirty Mo Media door bumper clear when they were talking about this situation, and they brought up a really good point, that NASCAR, it was kind of an instinctive reaction. Now, we have to just say that NASCAR was probably looking for a caution at this time. But when you're sitting there and stuff, and you have spotters around the track, or you have track officials around the track, and they say spinning in turn three, you look up and you see a car completely sideways with smoke in the air, your instinctive reaction is to push that caution button and to throw the caution. Now, Eric Almirola, he did get it, turn back around really quickly and stuff. He got it straight and stuff. By the time the TV cameras cut to him, he was rolling just fine down the front stretch. Yeah, you so. have to be you have to be ready to pull the caution. You can't just let drivers going full speed while somebody's racking. I- exactly, yep. Um, so while some say that maybe it was a little premature, I mean, I'd, I would err on the side of safety, um, which is, I think, exactly what they did. Yes, and William Byron ended up sweeping the stages and the finish with that luck. So he yeah. had a really good point. Yeah, there. with that luck, he had that overtime restart. That kind of jumbled everything up there with the top 10. Then William Byron ultimately won off to uh, win the race. And, you know, they talked to Kyle Larson after the race and stuff. And they're like, what were your thoughts when uh, you lost that lead there on that overtime? He just said, damn. Yeah. And, I mean, that's all you can do. It's, yep. it's the way the cards fell. Yeah, he pretty much had the same thing happen this next weekend, too. Yeah, he did. Um, once again, <laughs> he was going on to win the race this past weekend. He was um, probably the most dominant car again. He was, yes. Um, but then, you know, luck wasn't on his side. No. Um, and it was kind of the same thing true for Kevin Harvick as well. Yep. Um, so looking back at Las Vegas, I mean, it was, it was exactly what you predicted. A very straightforward intermediate race yes. it was a very forgettable race yes that is vegas in my mind you never remember the race you yeah. barely ever remember who wins yeah yeah uh and that's exactly what this race was i mean there wasn't much for action on track and there wasn't much for passing there was a couple times like uh there was a 10 stretch period i think like two-thirds of the way through the race mm-hmm. after that first initial caution that restart there that's when I was engaged. There was 10 laps there. It was intense and stuff. You could tell it. There was there were three wide all over the place. It was awesome to watch. Uh, but besides that, it was just a very straightforward mile and a half, caution-free, um, riding around, trying to get to the end of the stages. Yeah, there was only one weird thing when I mentioned the top 10 who wasn't in it. 
Chase Elliott. Yeah, you might be wondering. Yeah, you didn't I, I got, the top three finish. I where where's Chase? Yeah, I I mean yeah, we're two weeks removed from that news, so I mean I I kind of forgot about that. I'm not I'm, if I'm gonna be honest, but yeah, that's a big thing to talk about. Chase Elliott. Um, I don't know how I even forgot that. I'm wearing a Chase Elliott shirt right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the nine car finished 29th. 29th and the big thing with that is chase elliott wasn't even driving it no it was josh barry filling in for chase elliott filling in for chase elliott went and broke his leg uh in a snowboarding incident yeah snowboarding incident out out in the mountains the week before the las vegas race so he's out for what they say like six weeks yep six to to eight weeks hoping for the coke 600 for him to be back yep um so that's big uh and that has also sparked a lot of controversy of people saying drivers shouldn't be allowed to go out and do these different things. They should be held accountable. It should be in their contracts that when they're during the season and stuff, they should not be allowed to go out and do and go out, go snowboarding or go out and put their lives at risk. Does that include other racing? It, I I know I'm not I'm not on the side of this debate. I'm on the side that the drivers need you need to let the drivers do what they want to do. Yes. Now, is there some limitations? I mean, maybe, but it's hard to identify that line because you can't. Tell these drivers, okay, I want you to go out and risk your life every single weekend racing in these cars. Oh, and by the way, you're not allowed to go out and have any other fun or go out and relieve any of your other stress in any other ways. No, the only thing I'd argue that they should not be allowed to do is skydiving. Yeah, that, I mean, that, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a couple a of things where you're just like, no skydiving shot. or like bungee jumping or, or something. piloting one of those little tiny planes you yep. take off in the middle of the season. Who knows what will <laughs> take you out there? Yep. Yeah. So there's been a not this past week, but the week before, there's been a lot of debate and a lot of polarizing views there on if drivers should be restricted or if they shouldn't be. Um, now, I understand that sponsors have invested a lot of money into these drivers. Team owners have invested a lot of money and resources into these drivers. Um, but the simple thing is you can't tell them what they can and can't do. No, they have a pretty big era, area of freedom that they are offered and should be offered. Yeah, I absolutely believe it should be offered to those drivers. Um, specifically, just from a mental health perspective, they need ways to get away from racing. Um, because if they're racing 24-7, I mean, while they've while a majority of them have grown, grown up around it and stuff, after a while, that takes a toll, especially 38 weeks out of the year. Yeah, there's a certain burnout factor that needs to be yes. addressed, and they need to have something to do. Yeah, uh, but regardless, Chase Elliott is out for six weeks. Now Josh Berry will be driving that car primarily, Every except for on the road course. At Coda. Yeah, except for at Coda. There we have Jordan Taylor. Is that right? I believe Jordan Taylor will be in that car, uh, in that number nine car for Coda, which is... Pretty big as well to see that uh, name in there. Yeah, he's uh, what is he? What is he known for? I, I honestly think don't know. He's a really big sports car driver. Um, really successful in the sports car world. Um, at least I think that's who he's. He is a renowned road racer. Is yeah. Says. Yep. I I know. I recognize his name from sports car racing. So Taylor is a competitor in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship with Corvette Racing. Yep. He's never raced a NASCAR Cup Series event. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a it's a cool opportunity for him. Yes. Um, he is an expert at Coda, or at least he has two win, race wins there. Yeah. So I mean, it'd be cool to see what he does there, um, and what all comes of that. He is he won on the uh, Le Mans twenty four for Hendrick. No, I don't think. I okay. don't think so. I think maybe I'm getting him him confused with Jensen, but no. Uh, there's another guy. Is it Mike Rockefeller? 
Or is he not one of the guys either? It might be him. It might be him that I'm getting him confused with. A lot of these other names, they just blend together for me. Um, yes, yes, same. Yeah. I'm trying to look up who even the guy is. Oh, they announced the livery for the car. Oh, wait, that was a long time ago. Never yeah, mind. that was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, that Lamont 24 car. It, it looks pretty cool. Um, but regardless, anyway, uh, Chase Elliott out for the next couple of weeks. Disappointing for me. I know this past week and seeing that nine car out there. I mean, I always just thought of it as Chase Elliott. And now it's kind of weird to think, no, he's not even in that car anymore. Yeah, it, it is really, really strange. It is really weird. Um, but why don't we move, go ahead and move on uh, to our next segment here with Hot Takes. I got something that I don't think you're going to like. Oh, no. So let's get into that. Ooh, it's about to get hot. Time for Tempers to Flare on Hot Takes. Are you kidding me? Did you even watch the race? No, 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 no. Evan and Joshua have prepared their craziest opinions. And let's say they might not always agree. What the f*** are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Dude, I cannot believe you just said that. Make sure you have some ice because it's about to get hot. It's time for Hot Takes. We're getting a little heated in here. Evan and I have talked a little bit about what we're going to talk about, and man, throw it on me. What do you have to say? I actually have an, an amendment to my first hot take of the season. Oh, are you going back on your word? I ain't going back. I am doubling down. Really? I am saying Kyle Busch's season is done already. Ooh, ooh, man, why you say that? Look how he's finished these last two races. It's mile and a half. That's all. That's part of half of the. Didn't he get a top playoffs. ten this past weekend? Let me pull this up real quick. I don't think he did. I think he Phoenix Raceway results. Race results. Let's pull this up. <laughs> Kyle Busch, eighth. Look at that. Oh boy, eighth at the final race of the season. He that's not <laughs> winning anything, Josh. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at where last year's winner um Yeah, so last year's champion Joey Logano finished 11th there this past weekend. I still say Kyle Busch is in a really good place. I think what did he get a top 10 at he Vegas? 14th at Vegas. 14th at Vegas. That's top washed. 15. He all right. Washed. washed, you say. Okay. Uh, but still got a top 10 down there at Phoenix. I mean, sure. They aren't firing on all eight cylinders or whatever like they were earlier in the year with going out and winning the second race of the season. <laughs> but they don't have to. They already have that win in the book. They can experiment around with different stuff. But you'd think Austin Dillon would be doing better if they were if they were still a really good team. He's, he finished 27th and 16th the last two races. Well, it's because it's, it's Fontana is the only track that they're going to be good at this year. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, I, I still have high hopes for him, especially when we go to a place like Bristol. Not the dirt, obviously, uh, but Bristol Concrete, which Austin is later. Dillon or Kyle Busch? Kyle Busch. Who won Bristol dirt last year? Do you not have high hopes for Kyle him? Busch won, won so there, but it was, it, was by, it was by pure luck that You're he right. won You would have finished though. third. Yes. But still, I, I'm very optimistic with Kyle I Busch's future. I think this season is done already. You know, I still think he's got a good three wins in him left this year. Not three total wins this year, three additional wins yet this year. I think Hendrick's already shown that they are going to win this championship by their performance at Phoenix. But we have something that just happened this past week that might put a wrench in I that plan. I don't think that matters. I think they are so good at mile and a half that there's going to be a Hendrick driver in that championship for. I mean, I don't, dis- I don't, I don't disagree with you. Hendricks, they're going to have at least one driver in the championship four for Which sure. Which means his season is done. If 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 there's going to be a better Chevy out there than him at Phoenix, his season yeah. is done. Yeah, it would be. But 
I say that luck is going to be on Cowbush's side. Oh, you don't? So you think that sh- the other Hendrick drivers will not have a good Phoenix in the second half? Even though they finished that well? Yeah, I still I still think Kyle Busch is going to go out there and prove himself. One, first four, season nine, with, and ten. First season with RCR, Kyle Busch is going to go out and win that championship. Oh, I so am, you're going I am, the other way. I am standing by my original statement to start off this year. I'm I'm doubling down even more. <laughs> so you're not doubling down with Reddick. You're doubling down against uh, Bush. Against Bush, yes. Okay. Which means that Reddick will still have a better year than him. <laughs> okay. Although I am not sure if he will win a race, but I still think he will finish higher in the playoff position. I mean, he did have a good race this past weekend, though. You're right. He did have a good finish down there at Phoenix. Was he top five? Yeah, he finished third. Yeah. So he did have a good showing. Best there. of the Toyota. I'll, I'll give that. I'll give that to you. But anyway, let's get to my hot take. Here. Okay. Okay. So we mentioned that drivers are have to be committed to racing 38 weeks out of the year. Sure. NASCAR's business model with racing so often is flawed. NASCAR needs to race a maximum of 25 races or 25 weekends in the year. Uh, I think 25 is too low. I do. I think okay. F1 has the ability to do 25 in a year and be just fine, or even 20. But NASCAR does not have that worldwide ability that F1 does. I think NASCAR is something that is every weekend for a long time, and that is their demographic. And everybody wants to watch them on those off weekends, even if F1 is, F1 F1's not on. That's a thing that they can pull on those off weekends. Okay, I still think uh, I always side on the side that says quality over quantity. I'm afraid that focusing too much on all of these different racetracks, all of these different races, it dumbs down the fact of what they're actually doing out there on the track and everything. And it dumbs down the prestige of being in the Cup Series and being like a NASCAR driver and stuff because people get accustomed to it. They're like, oh, there's a NASCAR race this weekend. There's a NASCAR race this weekend. They're at so-and-so or so-and-so. Even our crown jewel events anymore besides the Daytona 500, don't really feel like that big of a deal. They never felt like that big of a deal to me. It, it was just another race. I like that. I like having a race every weekend. It's perfect. Now think about Las Vegas. We said that Las Vegas was always like a very forgettable type of race. Yeah, but I can still watch it. I don't think that it should be that way, though. I think every race should have this sense of prestige around it. And NASCAR, we've seen it now. They're moving in the direction of being like F1, that making every single race more of an event type um half of those races don't matter that way still that those are the first if with the playoff model it's so weird to see those i agree with the playoff model we could just have like four qualifying races and then get into the playoffs i think we should get rid of the playoffs and go to a full season 36 race season of points Points, accumulated points yes i mean i agree with you there i think almost every nascar fan would agree with you there yes um but still i still i just still feel that NASCAR races too often. Um, and even as a fan, maybe this says something about me, but even as a fan sometimes, especially I'd say throughout the summer months, I get that like that summer lull where I kind of get tired of it a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, this is so repetitive and stuff. I'd be okay with like August off or something like that. Having having a break, a in, the, in, a the break in the summer somewhere. And then don't yes. add any more races around the side. I think that would yes. be fine. Yeah. 32, what they, the season used to be 30 races. Yeah. That, 32 would be fine. I think you give them four weeks off right away in the, right in the summer. Yeah. I, I'd be all right with that, yeah. I guess. I agree with that. But that's our hot takes for this week. Uh, we'll come back next week with some different ones. But that's what's on our mind this week.
right now to hot takes here let's take a look once again in the rearview mirror this time looking back at phoenix this past weekend and you know going into this weekend we had a brand new package that nascar was introducing for this race yes it was there was 30 percent less downforce generated by the the bottom of the car i forget what that's called the diffuser the diffuser they, yep. they removed some spokes from it yep. and then there was also what two inches shorter on the uh, two inches uh, shorter in length and in height in the spoiler. Okay. Yes. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. So like you said, it equated to 30% less downforce, which is what all the drivers have been talking about. They want these cars to be looser, to be on the edge, to put more of the control into their hands. Uh, and that's exactly what this did. And I think the drivers, for the most part, were happy with this. Yeah, I, you can see a lot of sliding. Alex Bowman had a really good save <laughs> He had in that a race. huge save. Dana, I have to give props to Danica for this one. She pointed out on his bumper there, the hashtag save them all. Yeah. He surely saved that one, that's yes, for sure. Yes, he did. Uh, that was really funny to see. Um, but like you said, it was in the driver hands and stuff and we could see that there were mm -hmm. drivers sliding all over the place drivers getting up into the wall we didn't see anyone spin out but i think in practice there was a handful of drivers who just flat lost an on corner exit which yeah. is what we we were used to back in the, the mid 2010s races. yeah in the first couple races of last year too yeah yep that, once drivers yeah. trying to get used to this car yeah. and yeah that's one way to fix the car but yeah. i don't know if it helped too much with short track racing did it yeah, so you were able to get up on someone and you were able to pass them, and that's what drivers were wanting. They were wanting, we want to be able to actually go up and pass someone. Yeah. They were able to do that to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. um, like we were talking off mic here, like you just said, they got half of the equation right. Now they need to add that more horsepower in there. How much more um, horsepower <laughs> do they need to need, Josh? Add, Josh? Yeah, we need to go back to the 900. To what the are we running right now? 600? 660? Was it 660 or 650? 660, I think. Something like we that. We need to add 340 more horsepower to these engines. Yeah. Get rid of them tapered spacers. Thousand yeah. horsepower, boys. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I don't think the manufacturers are going to allow that. Well, because they're holding NASCAR back. Well, why? If you, all you have to do is remove the tapered spacers, it increases yeah. the engine. It, you don't. They don't even have to develop anything different. Run the engine at as high as it can be. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, it's fine. And, and blow these engines and stuff. That's and, fine. Uh, yeah. They need something to pay for. The cars don't break. <laughs> oh, man. Unless it's Eric Almirola and his terrible wheel. Yeah, Eric Almirola and his wheel. Bringing out that caution there on that spin there. Okay, what even happened with that? Because I'm okay. still kind of confused at what happened I, in that situation. I do know what happened. So, Harvick was leading. He had taken the lead from Kyle Larson, spoiler and, alert. And, and William Byron. Well, William Byron. had Kyle Larson had taken the lead from William Byron yep. and then... Kevin Harvick had been leading about the last 50 races. He was going to spoil the Hendrick show. Yes, because Larson and Byron had dominated the day again. It, it, it was, it was a, like looking at a mirror of Las Vegas. Yes, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Harvick comes in, yeah. and he is running away with it. But yeah. with like, what, seven to go or something like that? Uh, I think it was like eight or something like eight that. Eight or so yeah. to go. So uh, Eric Almarola had just made a pit stop. Or recently mm -hmm. made a pit stop. Yep. And it sounds like his driver or his tire changer did not get that lug on tight. And okay. just some way it caught it. The the wheel caught something just right. And it ripped the entire rim off. The, okay. Because I saw, I saw the rim rolling somewhere. And it ripped the rim off of the tire from the rim. And the rim fell off. Oh, so it, so it literally, the tire was still going. It went locked with the rim. Just shredded the rim yeah. off the tire yeah. in the rim and the lug nut and yep. stuff just went rolling the lug nut wasn't yeah the lug nut yeah. wasn't tight enough yeah something weird happened with that but wow. it was a loose lug still and that is why he was penalized yeah. for a loose lug that's crazy 
man, I didn't think that happened. Because yeah. it, it literally ripped it off the tire. Yes, it did. It did. Wow. Dang. But, I mean, that sucks for him. But more importantly, it sucks for his teammate, yes, who is going did. on to do a storybook ending, alm- a- almost a storybook ending, to what has been a dominant career at Phoenix. Yeah, that would have been his 10th race all-time win there. There's only yeah. five drivers who have won at a race 10 times. He would have been the sixth. Yeah, <laughs> which is just crazy when you look at Kevin Harvick's stats for Phoenix and stuff. It's insane. Like, how many top 10s in a row has he had now? It's over 15. I think is I think this past weekend marked his 15th uh, consecutive top 10 at Phoenix, which wow. is incredible to think about how you can be so consistent at that track for such that long of time, especially considering the struggles that Stuart Haas has had uh, just in these past recent years. Yeah, yeah, and I just found something weird on the all, for the All Star race. I'm, oh yeah, I, I didn't. See I was. This I was. I was. Gonna, I no, popped, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna bring that up. Speaking of Kevin Harvick, we had big news that literally for us just dropped an hour ago. Um, but he for the All Star race, he is gonna be racing the number twenty nine car in a throwback scheme to his very first. A race at Atlanta that he went on to win. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's just really cool to it's see. going to have good wrench on the side, maybe? Uh, no, it's still no. going to be sponsored by Bush. Okay. okay. Yep. Sorry, I just saw that and I was <laughs> like, got, what? You got distracted by yeah. that. Yeah. But Kevin Harvick will run the 29 for one final time in the All-Star race We do year. like to see that. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, but unfortunate for him at Phoenix. As you mentioned, uh, then we had that overtime restart. And this is where strategy came into play. I honestly thought that all the leaders were going to take four tires. Yes, he 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 took four tires. We thought everybody would just because that's what everybody had been doing. Yep. Although, I will say Las Vegas, they did take two as a precursor to this. Yeah, yep. but I still expected with like the tire wear that they were talking about all day, with these cars having 30% less downforce, you had to manage those tires there because it was easy to slide in that yep. corner and wear them out. So I thought at least right away, uh, that you would want that four fresh uh, sets of Goodyear rubber on that car. Um, but a lot of the other leaders went with a two-tire strategy. Then Kevin Harvick found himself, what was it, six places behind where he went into pits. So he started, like, restarted seventh or eighth. seventh. Yeah. So that was um, put him behind the eight ball there. And, I mean, even with two extra sets of fresh tires, he still <laughs> couldn't weave his way back up through there. Um, and it was... It was the Kyle Larson and William Byron show once again uh, out there, and William Byron was ultimately able to get around Kyle Larson there and go on for his second consecutive win. Yes, we had another caution somewhere in there because Kyle yep. Larson had taken the lead off on that restart, and then there was a green-white checker right after that yep. where Byron got on his outside and got around him, and Larson fell a little bit, didn't he? I, I think so. I don't think he finished second. He fell a little farther than that. I also um, have uh, Kevin Harvick's won 20, or not one. he's finished top 10, 20 times in a row there. It's a decade 20 long. times in a row. Yeah. Wow. And Larson finished fourth. It was more than a decade. Well, no, we have gone there two times. Yep. Yeah, we have gone there two times. So, yeah, for a decade, he's been in the top 10. That's just crazy to think. Yeah. Of. Man, what a stat. Um, but speaking of Hendrick dominance, we have a little bit of Hendrick trouble. Yeah, Hendrick and one of the calling cars yep. were going to practice on friday and nascar has whenever inspections they can do it whenever and 
NASCAR noticed something weird with the louvers and confiscated them off of those cars after, right before practice, and Justin Haley right after qualifying, I believe. Yeah, so if I'm if I understand this correctly, the louvers are kind of like that hood event yep, uh, with the, hood the car. Event. Yes, it is that vent that we see on those hoods there. Let's the air um, come out. Yes, yep. And Denny Hamlin has said that they contribute considerably aerodynamically to the car. And this is something that's provided by a single source manufacturer, meaning that you cannot tamper with them in any sort of way. You cannot manipulate them in any sort of way. If you do, you're subjected to one of the harshest penalties in NASCAR. Um, So NASCAR went, confiscated these, and they weren't going to take a look at them or do any further or address any penalties until they went back to the R&D center so they could take a look at them and stuff. And we just had that report come out yesterday. Yeah, yesterday they announced a $100,000 fine for all four Hendrick teams and the colleague team, 100 points removed from their totals for the three competing Hendrick cars and the colleague team. Josh Berry or Chase Elliott doesn't get it because... Chase isn't running, and Josh Berry doesn't get points. Yep. And then the third part was a four-race crew chief suspension for all, all four, all crew, four chiefs. crew chiefs and the colleague crew chief. Yeah. Which ended up putting Justin Haley in the negative in points. Yeah, that's kind of funny. You told me that. He's, what? He's negative forty points. Negative right now. forty in points right now. So you and I have something to be proud of. We have more points right now in the NASCAR standings than a full-time, a full-time driver. Yeah, than a full-time driver and so winner we, of a NASCAR race. Yeah, he has won a race. So. We're sitting pretty good. I feel like I can rest easy tonight knowing that. Um, But if you're in the Hendrick camp, you can't rest easy because you were just hit with the harshest penalty in NASCAR history. Yes. I would like to mention Chase Elliott went up from 29th to 25th in standings after this penalty. With the broken leg, (laughs) he has somehow managed to climb his way up in point standings. Yes. Um, But with that, yeah, Hendrick Motorsports was hit with a $400,000 fine and 400 400 total points deductions. For that, for 300, uh, for the three competing drivers there, but still, yep. huge for that team uh, and with them, and it's another statement to these teams as well. We have that gray area, and once you start to mess with that gray area, I mean, it's a risk versus reward. Hendrick's been doing really, really well, so NASCAR is going to take a look at them and see, all right, what are they doing? Then they saw something, they went, and they saw that they did something to that. They hit them with this harsh, with this harsh penalty. Now, you know Hendrick's not going to mess with these gray areas anymore yet this year because they can't afford it at all. And it also puts a statement out to the garage as well. So it's going to be interesting to see if we see any other cars start to emerge or if we see any cars start to fall off because they're trying to stay away from that gray area. Yeah. Do you want to know who the four crew chiefs announced were? I know I know uh Kevin Mendring's coming back yep. and then also Greg Ives is coming back. Yes. Uh he's I'm I'm, I'm assuming he's with the 48. Yep. Uh, to be with Bowman. So I mean that Ives. makes that makes sense there cuz literally they've been working together the past couple of years. Yeah. And Mendring was crew chief of the 5 team when it was Jimmy's team. So yeah. those two are that make sense. I don't know who Brian Camp is. He's with Byron. Yeah, I don't know. And who Tom Gray is with Josh Berry. Yeah, I don't know who he is either. Um, so, I mean, we'll have to see how that all plays out there. Um, but speaking of Josh Barrett, I do want to talk on him really quick. He impressed me out there at Phoenix. He had time to actually prepare for that race and he went out and got a top 10. Yes. He finished 10th. To me, that's huge for him. And it says a lot about him. It it also shows that it's another short track, which is more what he's used to, but still top 10 against a lot of other good NASCAR drivers is awesome. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. So really impressive from him. Um, but talk. But speaking of, you know, we talked about that late late race restart. And speaking of penalties, so 
one driver you didn't mention there in the top 10 or yes. two drivers who were consistently up there the entire race was Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain. Now, we know from last year they have quite the history with each other, and Denny Hamlin has he's talked the talk. He said he's going to get mm-hmm. payback to Ross Chastain sometime and stuff. It never happened last year. We figured, okay, this is going to blow over in the offseason. This ain't going to linger on. Well, now he has officially walked the walk. He went on his podcast, Actions Detrimental, and basically confirmed that he said he went into a corner. He was like, all right, I'm not going to make this. He saw Rosh Hasena on his outside and said to himself, you're not going to make it either and put him <laughs> into the wall. Yeah, he was going to take him with him no matter what. They ended up finishing 23rd and 24th. Yeah, and, and Denny Hamlin finished behind Ross Chastain. No, he didn't. He finished 23rd. Oh, he didn't. Okay, but still, um, still not a good result for either of them. Uh, but, you know, NASCAR went, they heard those comments on that podcast and they went and gave Denny Hamlin a $50,000 fine. Was any points involved? I, think it in was a, I thought it was a 50 points, too. But it might have been 25. But regardless, they fined Denny Hamlin, uh, and they gave Denny Hamlin that penalty for um, admitting, admitting that he intentionally wrecked someone. So they dropped the hammer on that as well. People aren't really happy with that, too, because previously NASCAR hasn't been very consistent with uh, these types of penalties that have been given out. Well, the thing is that Elton Sawyer went on, he's NASCAR's VP of competition. He went on some radio show yeah. and he called in and he said that NASCAR would have treated this as a racing incident had Denny not spoken about it. Yeah. So it is Denny's fault. Yes. For, not only is it Denny's fault for doing that, but he is. it's also his fault for getting that 25 point fine by speaking his mouth. Yep. And what I think, what I found really funny though, was in NASCAR's official release of the penalties, um, one of the season or one of the reasons why they uh, gave as to why they gave him this Mm -hmm. penalty was they said it was actions that were detrimental to whatever, (laughs) whatever, which is very, you got to say that they intentionally did that some, yeah, ironic because they had to have intentionally done that since Denny Hamlin's podcast is titled Actions Detrimental. Uh, It has, this week, it has become the uh, best named or the most accurately named NASCAR podcast on the podcasting yeah. network. So, I would agree. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but coming out of Phoenix, a lot of fines coming out from there. Going to be interesting to see what uh, Hendrick Motorsports does in these coming weeks and with the rest of the season as well, because all of their drivers are now sitting low in the points besides William Byron, who has those two confirmed wins. Yeah, but it still will affect him come playoffs time because yeah. top 10 in points do get extra bonus points. Yeah. But since he is not going to be top 10 in points anymore, since none of these drivers are most likely going to be top 10 in points anymore unless they make up a ton of ground, yeah, they're going to be sent back in the, each round of the playoffs. They're going to be set back multiple points. Yeah, and someone like Chase Elliott last year, he really basically coasted his way through the playoffs yeah. because of all these points that he accumulated over the year when he went on his like summer stretch tear of just absolutely destroying the field and really yeah. racking up all these points. Hendrick Motorsports won't have the luxury of that come the playoff season, like you just mentioned. No, they will all be fighting tooth and nail for each spot, and it's going to be a lot more wins. Chad Knauss has got to tune this up now yeah. after he's been cheating. Yeah, yep. So, interesting things coming out for Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, looking forward into the future as well. Going to be interesting to see how they overcome this penalty. Uh, but let's now take a look into the future. One way they might be able to bounce back is to get a win out there at Atlanta, where William Byron has also won as well. So let's get into some trivia, and I think you got some Atlanta-related questions for yes, me. Yes, I do, sir. 
<laughs> it's time for Joshua and Evan to expose themselves and see how big of fans they truly are. Um, I don't know. Huh. I have no idea. Bragging rights are on the line as one hopes to stump the other, but sometimes they just know too much. Oh, I know this. Play along and see how much you know. My man Jimmy Johnson is always a great guest. When in doubt, chase Elliot it It's out. trivia time here on NASCAR at Night. with everyone's favorite segment it is time now for trivia now you got some questions for me we're heading to atlanta throw them to me yes i do josh first question who won the races at atlanta last year all right so we have well i mentioned william byron yep. i know he won last year yep. um and then also oh chase elliott yes, didn't chase did. elliott win last year yes, yeah he yep hendrix hendrix swept race. atlanta last yep. year all right who has led the most laps at atlanta uh, as of any configuration kevin harvick Kale Yarbrough has oh. led 3,283 laps. Wow. How long is this track? 1.5 miles. Yes, it is. Okay, yep. Who has completed the most laps at this track? Out of just in NASCAR history? Anybody in NASCAR history. Richard Petty. Yes. He's Ooh. completed 17,513 laps. My goodness. Isn't that where his last race was? Yes, it was. It was also Jeff Gordon's first race. Jeff Gordon's right first race. Yep. yep. It was the last race of the season. What kind of weather phenomenon caused damage to the track in 2005? Wasn't it a hurricane? No, it was a tornado that was spawned by the remnants of a hurricane. What? So there, there was, it was no longer a hurricane. It was, it came onto land. Okay, yep. And it, out of this, there was a tornado that was spawned okay, from yep. the side of it, and that's what caused damage to the track. <laughs> that's crazy. So it like go it was over like the an track. F2, then? Yeah, the, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was an F2 hurricane, or wow. not hurricane. It was an F2 tornado. Wow, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Which driver has the most wins at Atlanta? Uh, Kevin Harvick. Dale Earnhardt. Oh, it is He's got Dale nine. Earnhardt. He's got nine there. Yeah. Wow. Man. What year did NASCAR first visit Atlanta? Uh, was it in the 90s? Richard Petty has the most laps. Oh, my Josh. goodness. Yeah, so it was way before that. Yes, it was. Um, I'm going to say... 63. 1960. Close. Ah, 60. Okay. How many degrees of banking are in the paved turns? Oh... Oh, I should know this because they just changed it. Um, it's a, it's about like Daytona, right? Yeah. Daytona, what, is Daytona like 25, 35 degrees? Yes, it is. I'm going to guess 28.5. It's exactly 28. Oh, I was so close. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Oh, How many degrees of banking are on the straights, though? They have banking on the straights? Yes, they do. Um, I'm going to go with three. Five. Five. Okay. So not much, but still, still keeps the cars yeah. getting ready for the turns a little faster. Yep, yep. Alright, last question. What sequel to a Burt Reynolds classic film was partially filmed at Atlanta? Know any Burt Reynolds films? No, I don't. I'm screwed here. Does Smokey and the Bandit ring a bell? Yep. So Smokey and the Bandit 2 had a race that was filmed there. Really? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. There's trivia for you. Wow, those are some interesting facts. You did a good job finding those. Thank you. All right, now let's get into a little preview heading into Atlanta. Coming out of a fun trivia segment, I got to hand it to you. You did a really good job with those questions there. Thank you, John. Yeah, I think I did a good job with answering them, too. I surprised yeah. myself with some of those numbers. Yeah. I yeah. did not expect 
Uh, I did not expect to get those. Uh, but regardless, we're heading into Atlanta this weekend with the new configuration. So we had a full year of it, two complete races on the new configuration out there. What's your thoughts on Super Speedway style Atlanta? I, I liked Super Speedway style Atlanta. It is my favorite Super Speedway style race. But I do think we could do one race like this package and one race with a faster package that would break them up. With an unrestricted yeah. type of package? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I like that idea. I, I'm i still not a fan of this track <laughs> because I just think it's it's too narrow. It's it's too bunched together for super speedway racing, and it just feels like the drivers and stuff, seeing them race that close, that super speedway type of style on a mile and a half just looks crazy, and to me it looks too dangerous. Aren't you a fan of a lot of passing, though? That's kind of what I, happens. I mean, that's kind of, well, it's kind of what happens here, but also at Atlanta, you have those drivers there, and because you really can't form a third lane, you're kind of just stuck. It was kind of like what Daytona was like to start this year. It seems like a lot of Atlanta was the top lane getting a run, and the leader of the top lane would drop down in the, the bottom lane. Yeah, and I don't, for Super Speedway style racing, I don't like that. I like when you have three lanes there, you can <laughs> generate different runs and stuff. You get someone that goes out in front, gets that lead there, and then they have to work all three lanes with trying to block and stuff. That's just simply not possible at Atlanta because you can't go three wide that comfortably. I'd argue it's not possible at any Super Speedway right now with the packages. Well, well yeah, which with makes, the packages not. personally makes Atlanta the best of the tracks because it has the best racing two wide. Okay. Well, we'll for now, for now. We'll, yes, we'll see. We'll see heading into this weekend what actual like type of style of racing we get out of that. Um, there is some talk of it being a different, more like old before the repave Daytona, where there's a lot of breakaways and stuff because the track see, is less grippy. That would be cool. It does sound like that could see, be a thing now that the track has been paved. See, that's right. what I'm looking forward to with this style of Atlanta is when the surface gets worn out, when it starts to lose that grip and stuff. What's going to happen to the racing because with that lack of grip and stuff, simply they can't be in that full pack there. No, and which will be kind of fun to see little packs and stuff like that. I would love to see tandem, but I know tandem's not going to happen. Yeah, I'd like yep. to see single car breakaways, though, too. If a single yeah. driver could keep up by himself faster than these other cars because they have to let off on the gas all the time in the corners because it's yeah. too crazy, mm -hmm. that'd be interesting. Yeah, it would be. What I can't wait for is when this, like, the track, like the actual track surface, gets to the level that it was right before this repave, <laughs> where it's super worn out. It's like a like Larry McReynolds' famous cheese grater just grinding <laughs> away there on those tires. I can't wait for that because there's such high speeds that you can carry through those, through those corners, but you won't have the grip to like stick to the track. It's going to be like Michigan almost, I feel like, with speed-wise. Yeah, it might be, yeah. So that's crazy. That's that's what I'm looking forward to with this track. I'm not looking forward to the race this weekend, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to what this track can produce in the future. I am. I I do like I do like Atlanta. I am excited to watch this. This is the these are the only super speedways I like watching. Yeah. So taking a look back at our last super speedway race, we had a pretty Chevy kind of almost kind of dominant ish type of race. Um, <laughs> I think each manufacturer came and went and stuff. Each manufacturer yes. had their time to shine. Obviously, a Chevy went off to win, uh, but a Ford was right there with them. So, going into this weekend, I don't know if any manufacturer is really a favorite. No, it's weird with super speedways like that. Yeah, everybody can win. Yeah, and anybody can win. It's all about your friends. Um, it's not so much as what you do it, as it is what the people around you do. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's the style of super speedway racing. 
Yeah, and I'm sure it'll be interesting. We'll see if Byron can win again. Yeah, we'll see if he can make it three straight and break <laughs> out that ridiculously big hat for the third straight weekend and stuff that I am such a fan of. I love that job? thing. I really want to get one. Yeah, bucks. it's 125 bucks, but I really want to get one. <laughs> yeah, but let's get into the last lap here, getting All into right. our final thoughts heading into Atlanta. One final chance to place the cards on the table. It's either wreckers or checkers. Joshua and Evan have one last lap to give their final thoughts heading into this weekend. It's time to wave the white flag for the last lap. Time for the last lap here. What did we say? We got 29 seconds was the fastest lap. 29 and a half was the fastest lap there last year. So we'll have 29 and a half seconds each to give our final thoughts going out. I'll go ahead and kick it off here. So if we get ready and let's go. So heading into Atlanta this week, and you know, like I just said, I'm not really all that excited for this race. I'm not all that enthusiastic about this style of racing that it produces with the super speedway being on a mile and a half. Now, regardless from that though, it does produce exciting racing at some points, um, but to me, it all just seems very manufactured. Regardless of all that, though, I do think uh, the Fords are going to kind of show out this week, and I think it's going to be Penske's time to shine. Ryan Blaney is going to go out there, and he's going to win Atlanta this weekend. There we go. There's time. There we go. Yeah. Not too bad. All Not right. Too bad. Pretty close. All time. right. Yeah. Now, let's get you going here. Now, give me a second here to get this pulled up. All right. And all righty. Whenever you are ready. And, and go. go. So, I... I have a different opinion of Atlanta. I think currently it's the best super speedway race that we have, although I don't enjoy super speedway racing at all, but I do expect it to still put out better racing than Daytona did, where Daytona was pretty much riding around in circles for the first two stages, and then finally at that last little bit, we had some interesting racing. I expect Atlanta to be a, a, a little bit more back and forth, and I would like to see another Hendrick win. I could see Byron winning it again. That'd be fun. And you're uh, done. Time is up. So, a little bit of different you know, opinions there on our thoughts on that style of racing and on who we think is going to go out to win. So, let's go ahead and wrap it, out, wrap it up with our predictions for this upcoming weekend. out the show here with our race predictions obviously a super style type of race so you got to look at the big hitters for the super speedway races with me i'm looking for ryan blaney also look out for denny hamlin and bubba wallace as well um and then also you pointed out the chevys too with hendrick motorsports they swept atlanta last year um so kind of expecting them to show speed again yeah i i guess chase isn't in the race but I would expect three of the Hendrick drivers to be decent. Larson has showed that he could race the super speedway at Daytona this year. Yeah. Bowman, I don't really know what to expect from him. Yeah. I don't know if he's done anything at a super speedway. But Byron, I do expect Byron to win I, or be in the top five yeah. at the end. Big things coming for Byron, too. You know, we just came off of like our last episode bashing William Byron uh, <laughs> for not performing. Then here he goes, comes and puts it in our face, wins two races in a row. He must um, listen to us. Yeah, he must listen to us. He might. We might have lit a fire under that <laughs> seat there. I am going to take credit for all those wins, or we're going to take credit yes, for yes. those wins and stuff. 
William Byron has had that success because of us on NASCAR at night. Yes. Um, anyways, looking forward into this weekend. When can we tune into the races? All right, we got a Saturday doubleheader. Uh, Atlanta for the trucks starts at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Okay. Our time, Central Time, and the Xfinity Series follows shortly after at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. So it's going to be an evening race with a beautiful sunset, I hope. Yeah. Uh, on a, that track. That'd be really hopefully cool. Hopefully a transition into a night race. That'd be cool. That would be really cool to see what that track does in and night then, conditions. Then the Cup Series is 2 p.m. on Sunday. 2 p.m. on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Another afternoon race. Um, and we're going to be out there. What this Is this one the Quaker State 400? Yes. Or is it the quick fold, the f- folds of honor? The folds of honor race is gone now, I think. Is it really? I think this was their last last week was their last race of the folds of honor, wasn't it? Last year? It's the Am Better Health 400. Wow, I was way off. Yeah, Folds of Honor is gone after last season. I, I didn't know that. That was kind of like a their historic race. sponsor. Their, yeah. yeah. They'd been yeah. there forever. Wow. Well, anyways, tune into that Am Better Health or whatever 400 <laughs> down there in Atlanta this week. And I know we'll be tuned in. So we'll be back next week to talk about our reactions from that race as well as any other news and headlines that come out and get you prepared for CODA then, our first road course of the season. But until then, you've been listening to NASCAR at night. Make sure to tune in next week. I'm Joshua Tigas, and for Evan Brinks right here sitting next to me, we want to (laughs) say thank you and appreciate you for tuning in. This is NASCAR at night. You've been listening to NASCAR at night, only on The Alternative Edge. Don't miss us next week when we find out how close our predictions came. Until then... Keep your wheels steady and your nights open for NASCAR at night.